Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, good morning, good Saturday, good sunshine. Hello there. This is a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Mr. Rogers, it just couldn't, st- he stepped away from the microphone just, just momentarily there. But uh, with me is, uh, he's there in spirit. My name is Scott Mosby. This is two hours for the Helitech Home Improvement Show, the Helitech Foundation Repair and Waterproofing. Although today we may be talking more about foundation repair than waterproofing. Phone lines wide open for you, two full hours, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll free anywhere on the globe, 800 925 1120, yeah, come on, yeah, Camelwex family. Scott Mosby here at your service. Uh, it's been a week since we've been together. I have missed you. I hope you uh, will uh, save your great questions. Call them in. Two hours of questions and answers. Anything you want to talk about, about your home, uh, what we call the built environment, whether it's inside, outside. Uh, with the weather today, the sunshine, a little bit of the wind, it might be a good day to kind of get out and, you know, get around the home, get on top of your home repairs, maintenance, and projects, whatever it is, because... Yeah, old man winter is just right around the corner. Maybe in the mornings you remember that when the nip on the pumpkin, the frost on the pumpkin is right there indeed. And we have two hours to talk about you, your topic, favorite products, methods, and you are also responsible for part of the answers. I'm the phone operator here. This is at your service. It is KMOX. I've been on the air here for 20, 21 years, something like that. And the hook from the side of the stage, you know, like the old vaudeville, off he go. It's taken a swipe at me a few times, but I'm still here. Ten phone lines, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. I am on the air with the help of two fabulous producers, Greg Harvey, Samantha Seeley, both on the air, helping me today. It takes a lot to keep me herded in, in the right direction. But we, we get to talk about your topic. As the weather changes here, and I really urge you, we're in October, so it's still a little early. We're going to have some good weather coming up in October and November. We have our Indian summers. But really, get out and about. Take a walk around the house. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do a bit of a walkabout and really kind of get on top of your property. And start at the top. This is really how uh, we at Mosby Building Arts, which is my day job, uh, frankly, this is how we survey a home. Uh, what are we up against? What uh, is the condition of that property? We're asked to do uh, some large-scale remodels, additions, huge renovations, down to the very smallest of simple repairs. And uh, because of that, frankly, looking at a big pro- we're also, in, you know, inspecting the whole home. You know, is the electrical panel up to snuff? Uh, will the water service support the additional plumbing fixtures we're planning for that uh, project? Is there enough um, electrical service, breakers, panel, all that? So, frankly, what we're really looking for is hidden budgets because you've got this project that's requested by the client. And we discuss that, of course, in detail. But then, you know, as professionals, we're looking around the rest of the house. What other things might 
need to be addressed. And this is kind of our way uh, in terms of surprising people later with all the change orders and the unplanned expenses. You know, Mosby Building Arts, we kind of feel like that's ours from the very get-go, on the very beginning. Get it going. You know, I mean, here's what you're requesting. And by the way, here are a couple other things that uh, might need to be addressed in order to support that or unattended maintenance uh, items, you know, that really need a little of attention. 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. As we go from the cooling season, and, you know, keep in mind, we may fire up that air conditioning yet again. Don't, don't you know, may not get past us. But the furnace and the furnace filters, as well as the yard, the irrigation, you know, Mike Miller and Garden Hotline, certainly keep um, irrigating or watering your plants. And if you're going to winterize that irrigation system, I know we're a little early, you know, just a bit. But keep in mind that those plants still need the water, and sometimes we're in you know, non-compliant rain times, you know, maybe a drought. Uh, So keep in mind. But doing the walkabout your house, which I really would like you to pay attention to today, that walkabout is important because it... um, you're looking for your own trouble. Uh, look at the roof. Uh, take a peek. You know, maybe are there some branches, twigs, whatever, up on the roof? You know, have you had a rainstorm, anything left over, anything that looks out of the sorts, out of the ordinary? Uh, anything growing out of the gutters, that's kind of a bad deal. Make sure the downspouts fr- flow. So, I don't know, I'm a little odd, but during a rainstorm, I'll put on a raincoat and put on my umbrella and go around on the walkabout make sure there's water spitting out of those downspouts because if water's hitting the roof coming down the gutters by golly it should be leaving those downspouts as well and those downspouts need to drain at good 10 feet away from the foundation if you're dumping all that water right at the base of your foundation where do you think that water wants to go yeah there's a big foundation buried underground it's kind of like a swimming pool without water Nature tends to equalize pressures and means that water is going to try and get in your basement. So the better you pipe the water away from your house, the better you will be. Look at the windows. Start at the very top. Uh, Look around the fascia, any trim around the gutter boards, any uh, paint, uh, chipping paint, things like that that might have a discoloration. If it's a little bit dark, it might suggest a little too much water rot. You might need a professional to take a look at it or depending on how handy you are, go on up there and give it a look-see yourself. But uh, either way, it needs some attention. Come on down, look at the windows, storm windows, storm doors. Uh, Make sure they're in good adjustment because it's much uh, easier to adjust a storm window, door, door lock, deadbolt, threshold. All those things, when it's 60 degrees out instead of 16, because it's 16 degrees, things move around. The freeze pushes and pulls your house foundation, the, the, you know, the concrete porch slab or stoop or front porch. That is what your threshold sits on. Most people don't realize that that chunk of concrete outside moves up and down with the freeze and the thaw. Yeah, we all kind of knew that. But did you know that piece of concrete, that little step that goes up to your door sill, that's what your threshold rides up and down on. So sometimes doors can get a little snug, not because there's anything wrong with the door, just because they need to be readjusted for that cold temperature. Okay, so now on the windows, check out your screens. This is screen temperature. 
Oh, yeah, we're getting up into the 60s today. So keep in mind, repair those screens. Take them to the hardware store. They'll rescreen them for you. Not a problem. Remove them. If you're uncomfortable with that, they're handymen. People around that can take care of that as well. Pull those screens out. Take them to the hardware store. They'll rescreen those as well. Look at the caulk around the window. Window locks. Make sure the doors and windows work freely because if there's a fire, oh, God forbid, if there's a, a problem and you need to get out of the house, you know, for your safety, health, like survival. That's kind of important, too. Make sure your windows and doors work freely. If not, old trick from my father, uh, paraffin wax. Yeah, just good old, and sometimes bar soap. You old carpenters know what I'm talking about. Uh, you just rub that bar of soap or paraffin wax, just like the old canning stuff, right up and down the window tracks so that the sash slides freely. Whether aluminum, wood, whatever the material is, wax makes it work better. And even a poorly adjusted window or fitting door sometimes can be improved by that. Uh, even on the weather strip, because a weather strip works fine on a door, you can run that paraffin wax block. Just the stuff you get from the grocery store, like for canning wax, same old stuff. Uh, Bar soap for me. We don't see so much bar soap around anymore, but golly, when I came through the trades, it sure was uh, pretty popular. So anyway, keep in mind, that's important that all of that is um, uh, well operating, because that's a safety and egress. Uh, If you call 911 and you need some additional help, medical services, whether it's a fire department or the paramedics and the ambulance crew, make sure there's stuff out of the way of the door because when they come through the door, your safety, your survivability sometimes is, can they get you out? Can they get in? Can they bring their equipment with them? All that. We'll talk about that and more. But anyway, take the walk about windows and doors. We'll do a little bit more as we go through the show here on the Home Improvement Show. Again, uh, the topic for this week is removing load-bearing walls. Yeah. So many times at Mosby Building Arts, we're asked, requested, hey, uh, we want a room addition. It may not be a room addition. Your house may have plenty of space, just not configured in the way that it's usable. Uh, usually the living room. When was the last time you were in your living room? Kind of a nice room, good space, but it's walled off. Well, that's the load-bearing part. If you're in a two-story center hall colonial, those that front wall left to right is usually a load-bearing wall. I'll get into that a little bit more as we get going. Uh, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. The agenda today is you and your topics of your home. And I am at your service. Bosco back here cranking out 50,001 watts for University of Camwex. Come on in a few more seats in the back of the classroom. Uh, yeah, yeah, come on in. While you get centered and get your coffee, come on. We'll, we'll take a short pause. We'll be right back for more after this on KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, yes, indeed, 50,000 watts, about 200 buttons, and they've got a carpenter, hammer, swinger, remodeler guy ready to radiate pretty much everything. I can't believe they put me in charge of this thing. Shh, don't tell anybody. It's a secret. I'm incompetent. Well, anyway, on electronics it is, let's put it that way, Uh, but we can fix your home. I know how to fix stuff. Think of me as your research and development department. I've made so many mistakes in my life that I've learned how to fix them. So think of me as pre-disastered. It's kind of like what you say, well, what is experience? Well, experience is having already messed up with the successful part ahead. 
Yeah, it's kind of kind of the trade here on KMOX. Uh, so I know some stuff, uh, and I answer some stuff, and occasionally the answers match the questions. Not always. Well, let's get on to it here. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. I'm kind of itching to see my old friends and talk to my old friends. Let's talk to Neil. Hey, Neil, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. Thank you for getting us started. How may I help? I have a bubbling rock that sits on the ground as well as an above-the-ground fountain that I want to know how to winterize. Uh, okay, so you're heading into it. Uh, the ticket is all you need is the first freeze, so about 30 degrees, 29 degrees. Um, winterize it before that time, number one. Uh, number two, um, RV or recreational vehicle uh, antifreeze, RV antifreeze. Um, ideally, the way to do this is if you can air pressurize those lines, which, you know, a bubbling rock it might have a few magic uh, things every now and again that you may not quite know how to, I don't necessarily know how to take it apart. I would drain that, pull all the water out of it, uh, fill it up, frankly, with this RV antifreeze. You can get it at a you know big box store uh you know, whatever Walmart has it, RV antifreeze, and it's suitable for a um, water system, potable water system. So this is what they do with RVs. Uh, boats use this kind of stuff. And frankly, just turn your fountain on, and it puts this material up in those lines. So uh, you can do the same for a toilet on winterizing a toilet. If you're not sure that whether or not you can get the water out of it, that RV antifreeze, it's usually pink, kind of an odd color, um, but not the automotive antifreeze. That stuff's poisonous. That'll kill pets, uh, dogs, cats, uh, you and me. So, frankly, the RV antifreeze would be the stuff, in my opinion, Neil, to run through there and let the pump do the work. So it'll pump it through there um, and uh, actually work pretty good. And when you're all done, uh, dump the thing out, drain out whatever antifreeze you can but that antifreeze only needs to be you know 30 percent 20 percent of the water so if you get a good amount of this rv antifreeze up into those little lines you'll be in pretty good stead and you can take a pretty deep freeze now but go ahead and drain the thing out cover it over with plastic wrap it all up however you want to button it up for the winter i just don't like pulling the leaves and the gook out of it in the springtime so i get you know i kind of shrink wrap it with a you know plastic tarp or something like that so that would be my suggestion but in the places the little lines nooks and crannies that you don't know where or can't get to that rv antifreeze is really the ticket in my opinion neil you you think that'll work for you it should thank you very much all right brother good luck happy uh happy um winterizing and uh, dreaming of future summers how's that sounds great thank you very much (laughs) appreciate your help all right neil take care bye now Next up on the phone lines, we have Mark. Mark, good morning, my friend. How may I help you? Hey, I hope you are enjoying this good weather. It's awesome, ain't it? Oh, man, brother. I tell you what, October in St. Louis, what's not to love? Oh, yeah, you got that right. Hey, um, here's the situation. I got injured at work a few years back. It, uh-huh. uh, it injured my back, okay? Uh, I have a, a uh, uh, crawfoot tub, okay? Uh, I'm going to want to, sh- they, they tell me for now I'm okay, but as I, as I get older, I'm not going to have the mobility. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, so I'm looking at making that, taking that cloth the tub out and, and how do I, or what would you suggest on who or whatever to, to put in a walk-in showers? 
Well, number one, uh, I salute you. Uh, uh, sorry for the back injury. Number two, it takes some forethought to realize that your body's probably not going to get stronger, younger, and better over time because, frankly, on uh, you know mobility improvements around a bathroom, especially most of the injuries happen in the bathroom because that's where we spend a lot of time on self-care. It's water. It's slippery. So on a clawfoot tub, Mark, you know, stepping over that critter, yeah, it's about two feet tall. It's a great tub for bathing, but for getting in and out of, oh, man, we call it the leap of faith. There's a moment of transition, whether you're going over a four-inch shower base or a two-foot tub, whatever it is, that moment of in and out and not quite there, then that's right where we put a grab bar, by the way. So you've got something solid to hold on to while you're going in and out, uh, tub or shower. Um, uh, frankly, uh, this is something a lot of people will put in tubs. There are different versions of that. Uh, but most of the people that do bathrooms will be able to do something for accessibility. Uh, we at Mosby have something called the right bath, and accessibility is a big, big part of that. And you would have choices of a zero entry shower where you basically just slide your foot right in and the shower then starts sloping down that has the greatest cost you can get a a what's called a minimum curb which is about three quarters to an inch tall where we basically slope up a threshold then down on the base and then your standard shower base which has a three or four inch curb a step over that in later years can still be an issue uh you know and then you get into your walk-in tubs and the walk-in tubs even still have about a six inch inch inclined to step up into that tub, but a lot of things to hold on to. Uh, so you're welcome to call Mosby. There are a lot of uh, bath uh, people, that part of the KMOX family as well. But the experience of accessibility, as well as your experience of you, because only you know Mark best, uh, that's important. So think of it as a team sport. And, you know, experience counts because if you've never really been injured, it's hard to understand, you know, what a surprise back pain is. It's like like Groucho Mark's bird dropping down. Oh, a hello there. So anyway, that's just part of the fit and finish of Mosby. So uh, you're welcome to call us. The one question I have is, is could you put the whole length of the shower, the length of the, the tub, too? I mean, because I don't want an empty hole. Uh, you can, or it can be a, a stand-up vanity. So a linen closet, it, that's really up to you, and it's totally dollar-dependent. Um, so keep in mind that if you've got a five-foot tub or, you know, those clawfoot things sometimes are five-and-a-half, six feet long. Uh, I think it's about six. Yeah, that uh, probably a four-foot shower. Uh, there, there's And there's another one, so that zero threshold also could be a wheelchair fully accessible where if you're uh, heading toward uh, care or an attendant helping bathe you know in our later years you know i'm hoping to live long enough to have that problem frankly uh you know really actually well i hear you there brother but that's a personal choice so uh, anyway but a wheelchair shower the six foot space and a three foot 36 to 42 inch depth is very important too so getting that in but that's a different choice. If you just want self-care, a seat in the shower is very important, whether a fold-down. I don't particularly like the built-in seats, although they, they work. They're, they're economical, uh, but you can't really ever get a, a bathing chair in there uh, that can come in or out, that sort of thing. Um, so oh, yeah, I don't want a built-in. I, I want Right now, I'm, I'm accessible on my own. I just They just know that as I get older, it's not going to be that way because of the injury. So I don't, I don't want to walk in still. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, frankly, uh, women have known this for a long time because they shave their legs. Guys like you and I, we don't figure out the sitting. You get a little, uh, you know, a little soap in the eyes, man. Vertigo happens. I'm not sure which way's up and down. I sit down. So having a chair in future years, in my opinion, you know, Mark's going to be an important thing. Uh, but you can do a four-foot shower. That'll give you a two-foot linen, linen cabinet on the side. Uh, you know, it's just uh, now you're kind of catching on to the value of design. So people who put in showers, that's different than people who design and build accessible bathrooms and spaces, grab bars, seats, movable seats, drains, thresholds, uh, electrical needs, additional lighting. Uh, where would the switch go? You know, in an accessible bathroom, a wheelchair, sitting, standing. You know, how long is that progression going to go on? So anyway, there there's just a lot to it that. Uh, uh, gets in there and one other thing here you'll be able to judge your company by the whites of their eyes if you will that a bathtub has an inch and a half inch p-trap drain the building code requires a two inch minimum drain for a shower because you can get a lot of water flowing into a shower and if there's not a lot of water draining flowing out then you can flood your entire house and that bathroom as well. Uh, so I would say three-quarters of the companies that transfer tubs into showers leave the inch-and-a-half pipe um, because it's expensive. Uh, but, you know, it, it's still not the right thing to do. The right thing to do, code-approved way, is a two-inch drain for a shower base. It hurts. It You know, you're sometimes replacing the stack in order to ap- achieve that. Uh, but the right way to do it, Mark, is a two-inch drain or bigger. Uh, any of you have those car wash body spray showers, man. Sometimes we put in two-and-a-half-inch, three-inch drains because you get enough water coming in, you need a ton of water going out. So keeping that in mind on how you choose your company. Um, All right. What kind of recommendations do you have? I mean, I can't uh, do this stuff. Sorry to say. But oh, no, no. An accessible bathroom, you need to call a professional. That's that's really it. Uh, because there's so many, the answers have to come from you, but the right questions have to be experience-born. So, you know, how tall do you want the curb? It's like, well, how much does it cost? You know, so the dollars and cents of zero entry to one-inch entry to two to four-inch to, you know, all of that, only you can make those consumer choices. So, uh, frankly, you're welcome to call Wright Bath or Mosby Building Arts, depending on how comprehensive. Uh, There are other companies that are members of the Home Builders Association and NARI, National Association Remodeling Industry here in St. Louis. Uh, So, anyway... um, not not to be too self-serving, but, you know, we're, we're one of those choices. Yeah, can you take, can my, take, I'm driving, I can't write a number down. Can we take my number? Uh, not on the air. I don't think you want to do that. i tell you what, uh, when you get off, we'll put you on hold. Give your name to uh, Samantha, and okay. uh, we'll have That's somebody give meant. you a call. How's that? That works. Right on, Mark. Thanks. A good topic, and I appreciate you bringing this forward because I don't know about the rest of you, but every day I'm a little bit older than I was yesterday, and I I think that's a good thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, Mark. Thank you very much, sir. Bye now. Home Improvement, KMOX, 314-436-7900-436-7900, and 1-800-925-1120. Coming up here next weekend, by the way, uh, those of you dreaming of more space, 
lower levels, basements, if you will. Uh, by the way, there's a big difference between a basement finish and a lower level remodeling. I know it sounds like wordsmithing, and it is, but so is also the skills, the design, the style, and the resale value, as well as the cost of how you finish out your lower level. Uh, that's a seminar next Saturday. That's October 27th. Lodge de Pair. Doors open at 1030. I'll tell you more a little bit about that as we go through the hour today. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service. We'll be right back for more after these messages from the sponsors that make this all happen on KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Oh, home improvement, two hours, KMOX 50,000 watts, a whole slew of people bringing you this service. I love being on this show. This is one of the favorite times a week for me. I get together with thirty to 50,000 of my closest friends, and yeah, that's you. Yeah, and there's a bunch of you out there. Yeah, KMOX has been on for most of a century. Yeah, yeah, generations. Uh, yeah, you know the history. We've been around the block more than once. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We've got so much to talk about. Let's get going and talk about Bill. Hey, Bill, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How may I help, sir? Good morning. Um, First of all, I love your program. Uh, This morning got up. It was a beautiful day, and I took all the um, garden hoses off of the faucets outside um, I know some individuals who left theirs on at Pros, and they had water seepage behind the back of the wall and rotted their sills out. And, oh. of course, it wasn't covered because it wasn't sudden accidental um, discharge of water in, under the insurance. And so just give everybody a heads up for that. Now, my oh. real question oh. is, I am looking for a air conditioning heating unit for our sunroom, which is... 14 by 30, uh, eight-foot walls, and have you ever heard of perfect air unit? It's a 110 unit. It's it's got a a remote thermostat. Um, Are you familiar with that at all, Mike? Uh, Only on the uh, dehumidifiers, uh, not so much on the heating and cooling. Uh, but, you know, it's it's not a whole lot. Can you describe the unit to me? Is it a split system that has a little part of it inside and part of it outside? You are exactly correct. Um, the bigger unit will be outside. Um, it should be able to, well, it's a geothermal type unit, although there's nothing um, buried in the ground or anything like that. A very, it's a very small unit inside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a split system is, uh, frankly, in Europe, it's been going on over there. This is ne- old technology. This is nothing more than a heat pump, uh, electrical only. It, it has a backup heat strip on some of the models, which for your size room, you're going to need supplemental heat because when it gets down below 20 degrees, you'll need more than a heat pump can deliver for 14 by 30 by 8 feet, especially uh, if the if it's a glass room. What, what are the walls made of in there bill you are exactly correct we've got two uh, two-thirds of the walls are in fact glass okay so i was two-thirds. thinking I, I needed at least eighteen thousand btus 
uh, easily, easily uh, for that much square footage. And and you've got to do the calculation on this. So the real answer here, Bill, uh, you need to know the R value of your glass, which is going to be somewhere between 1 and 2.5 R value, or, or and something. they may do U values as well. They, but, they are insulated glass. The other part... Uh, the other part, and the dual glass, the other part of this, Mike, is it's on the north side of the house, my friend. Oy. Hello. Well, that's good for your cooling, but it's not going to be good for your heating because you'll get solar assist in the winter, which warms it on the south. But you're not going to get any of that, you know, on the north. So anyway, all of that, that's all important. There's what's called a heat load calculation or heat loss calculation uh, you'll have to make a judgment of what's the maximum temperature in Fahrenheit that you want typically around St. Louis we do hit 110 so I would put in 110 uh, your lowest minimum cooling or, or cold uh, winter might be you know five below Fahrenheit 10 below Fahrenheit or some, you know you just design it because you know if you get the unit too big on the air conditioning, that's bad because you cool the room before you dehumidify, take the moisture out of the air, which in St. Louis, that's a big, big deal. So you don't want to, you know, Thank more you. is not always better. Okay, okay. Now, so, so get uh, on the Internet you, there, and look for this. Are there units that you have worked with that you found, you say that's old technology. What's the new technology? Well, I'm just. My point is, it's just uh, a split system. Is just having a the quiet part of the air conditioner heat pump inside and the noisy compressor condenser part outside. That's you know typically our our regular air conditioner on a forced air system in a house is a split system, but it's not really. You know, these split systems are the small portable units. Uh, the only downside of these is they are noisy because the blower, the fan, the motor that pushes all that air and on a 14 by 30 room you're talking about a big unit this is going to be 18,000 to 24,000 BTUs Um, and even with those sizes you may shut that thing down when it gets down below you know five degrees or up above 95 degrees because it just may gain heat faster than you can move the air through that single unit Uh, so it's going to be a big boy uh, that gets installed in there. Um, the, or you do a forced air system where you basically build out a base around that short wall around the house and you put your ductwork in there for supply and return and then you have to figure out where to put a full-size small you know furnace unit air handler with eight air conditioning whether you do you know gas or uh, heat pump or whatever but these split systems economically you don't need ductwork uh, you can actually put two of the units one on each end of that you know 30-foot room um, and, you know, so there are a lot of choices. So I like the split systems. It's a good choice. The downside is they're noisier than a forced air system. Okay, very good. The, the beauty of this one is we have, um, it is attached to the house, obviously, and we have uh, patio doors that we can just open up to the room so we can get some heat from the house. But um, I was just trying to get it. Yeah. Mike, you've been wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, 
I would suggest you contact a professional for this one so they can tell the story because if you're doing the heat loss calculations and then guessing which unit and then the electrical needs of all that, you're getting into licensed electric anyway. So I would certainly uh, talk to a pro on this one. If you're doing 14 by 30, that's a real room. That's a lot of cooling load. That's a lot of heat load. So my advice, Bill, is get a pro involved on this one. You're great, Mike. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Okay, sir. Take care. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, indeed, uh, Bill's been very patient, and in and it's it, it just so much to talk about here. Uh, so adding heating and cooling, uh, it, you know, as, as Bill kind of got into, there's a lot of ways to do this. Uh, well, anyway, let's get back on the phone lines and see if we can sneak in, uh, see if Gary's on. Gary, good after, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help, my friend? Hi, Scott. How are you today? Fantabulous. What's not to love? I am doing a remodeling job in my basement. Uh, the basement has finished floors. They are ceramic tile. And while I'm installing the doors, how much clearance should I have between the bottom of the doors and the actual floor surface? I've, I've been doing some research, and I haven't found any real answers on that. Uh, that's a long question and a semi-long answer, so I'm going to scot this up with your permission here, Gary. Um, if you do not have return air registers on a forced air heating and cooling system in the bedroom, so you've got two bedrooms or each room, uh, the air that blows in on the supply duct, uh, let's pretend you get 110 cubic feet per minute CFM per minute, uh, then you need 110 cubic feet per minute of hole under the door or a return air register in that room, whether it's up on the main floor or down on the lower level. So, Gary, if if you do not have return registers in each of those rooms, then you're going to have, in my world, your what we call uh, undercut the door. Uh, it's going to be up about an inch to inch, inch to an inch and a half above the floor, which is a lot. Uh, but that's where the air moves. If you have return registers in each of those rooms, you can cut it down to where it's, you know, about a half inch off the finished surface of your ceramic tile floor. And keep in mind your jam cut or the, the door frame, we call that the jam, and then the casing on the in and the out, uh, typically we undercut those just a little bit more uh, so that the tile slides underneath those jams and that way you don't get those ugly perimeter cuts that you know I can frankly judge how talented the tile guy was by whether or not he cut the jams up and slid the tile under or whether he just cut the tile around the jam the undercut and crisp way is is the greater uh, usually professionally trained um, so anyway the your question is laden more on your heating and cooling system than it is on your tile very very good thank you i do have return air vents in, in all the rooms in the basement yeah, you get basically just make sure that your door doesn't hang up. And the next question, uh, I missed one, sorry here, Gary, uh, is if you have a uh, floor mat. So uh, if you're going to have a floor mat or a doormat, for example, on an exterior door, sometimes we'll lift those doors up, literally the whole threshold frame, the whole thing, and set that door a wee bit taller because, you know, the uh, the client may want a floor mat doormat there so if you've got a, a mat inside that room or outside the room then you can boost your door up the, the, the bottom side downside is you can't go back and make them longer after you cut it you can then move the whole frame down you know rehang the door and set it down but about a half inch uh, I'm, I'm a kind of a neat nick you know i like about half inch to five eighths max on a 
undercut door. Um, but I like return airs in those rooms, too. All right, Scott. Thank you very much. I appreciate your advice. Gary, good question. Thank you. I've had a good time here. Thank you for calling. Right. Home Improvement, X, Scott Mosby, so much to talk about. Uh, and, and, and that's... You know, that's, that's why I like this show. I like this career. I love construction. There is no quick, easy answer. Um, it's it's kind of like uh, the old timers saying, you know, the more I learn, the less I know. You know, because there aren't any pet quick answers. Because, And frankly, when there were related to the energy improvements, uh, well, we're just going to make this house super energy efficient. We'll make it really tight. We'll make the walls so they don't breathe. We'll t- cut down the air exchanges, air changes per hour. On the, we, we created indoor air quality problems by trying to make it too tight. We, didn't, we, we thought it was a simple thing. We created mold and mildew inside the wall cabinets, indoor air quality problems because we had a walls rotting because we, were, we thought arrogantly in the Midwest that we could keep the moisture out of those wall ca- My point is that the simple answers have simple consequences Usually a baseball bat to the head is akin to the consequences of <laughs> not really understanding all of that. Uh, let's see if we can sneak in here and, and uh, um, well, yeah, let's see if we can get to Ruth here. Hey, Ruth, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Hi, good afternoon, Scott. Uh, uh, Scott, last week I had a plumber out for two issues. One was I had had a, a small... Uh, sewer backup, and they cleaned the lines, and that's fine. The second issue is the one that I'm most worried about. I have a finished basement, and I told a plumber that I had a wet spot on uh, on my carpet, uh, and I, I have a feeling it's right over where the sewer line runs. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that there could be a, a sewer line break underneath that? Uh, it's always possible. How old is your house, Ruth? About uh, 60 years. Okay. So uh, 60 years ago would be cast iron um, uh, waste lines drained, so everything under the floor is about 60 years. About 60 to 85 years is when that cast iron starts to fail. Um, and frankly, about 60 years, the, the newer it is, the shorter life it gets. Some of the old time, you know, don't build it like they used to stuff. That old cast iron, you know, used to be really thick and they would last 85, sometimes 100 years. So it's it's a possibility, but I would do a little more checking, Ruth. Um, uh, how about rain and just wet basements and that sort of thing? Have you had any rain Never. occurrences recently? Never. Mm-mm. Never. Okay. It's always been dry. And I'll tell you what. Uh, pull that rug back and remove it from that area and take a Ziploc bag or a plastic uh, dry cleaner bag. What I'm looking for is clear plastic without any holes in it and tape it on four sides with a masking tape uh, so that you seal that piece of plastic just about 12 inches by 12 inches and see if you get water droplets underneath that because about 60 years ago you're also new enough and old enough that they may not have put what's called a 
uh, vapor barrier or plastic sheet under your concrete, in which case regular moisture coming through the concrete, uh, which may not be from a leak, might be causing the dampness on that rug. But I think you're probably heading for uh, some sort of a pro, um, really just... um, you know, second opinion sort of thing on um, maybe a waterproofer from a foundation. Helitech can give you an opinion. Somebody from Mosby can come by and take a look. Your plumber. Uh, but usually when there's a break in the sewer, you can get that camera recorded where they literally put a camera up in there and you okay. can see and the break. Does Mosby do that? Uh, we don't do the camera. Um, and I, I, but we will make a recommendation of people that do. It's, uh, uh, but frankly, um, if I'm going to tear up my floor to fix plumbing, I want to see a fiber optic camera uh, of the break because, frankly, they can also say it's about 10 feet inside the foundation wall, and then uh-huh. you can figure that out so you're not breaking up the whole floor. You're just breaking up 10 feet in a two-by-two two section to see what you've got. It, it's a very small area. Uh, okay, I need yeah. some, uh, I, I want a really good repairman, not, not an amateur. So yeah. who do I call? Uh, call Mosby. We'll give you a referral on 314-909-1800, 909-1800. Okay. All right. Thank you. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX, back for more. Stay tuned. Hour two coming up. 